God placed something special in my heart for today. Uh, it's all wrapped around Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday. You may not know what Palm Sunday is. I'll be honest, I was not raised in church. Uh, so if you asked me like 15 years ago what Palm Sunday was, I'm from Florida, so I'd say there's palms everywhere. What's the significance of Sunday? <laughs> Um, but Palm Sunday is, it's a very special day, and it's actually the fulfillment of one of the prophecies that was spoken of Jesus, that he would enter into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey or on a colt, and uh, it would kickstart what we call Holy Week. It's a series of events that lead up uh, to the death and ultimately the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Good Friday into Easter. I gave you the hint on what Good Friday is, and if you didn't know what Good Friday was, um, but leading into Easter, and it's just an amazing amazing time. And so today, it's all going to be wrapped around what um, Palm Sunday is. And I'm just excited to share this with you guys. And so we have a text here that we want uh, to open up with today, and that's going to be Luke 19, 28 through 40. And so if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me. If you don't, we got some big ones that'll pop up on the screen for you, so don't worry about it. But we're going to start here in verse 20, uh, let's see here, 28, all right? It says, after telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. Now, we haven't told a story yet, so you're like, why are you saying that? Go back, read the story. It's a fantastic story. Uh, but it's important because it's immediately after Jesus ended a teaching, he went on to his next step. And this is what we're walking into. It says, as he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, that's the entrance uh, to the city of Jerusalem or, or the opening section, he sent two disciples ahead. He says, hey, go into that village over there as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? You just tell them the Lord needs it. Okay. Uh, so they obeyed. They went and found this colt just as Jesus said. It's almost like he knew it was going to be there. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. Now look, pause. This, the, a colt is like a car. If I came up and some disciples were breaking into my car and I said, hey, why are you breaking into my car? The Lord needs it. No, he doesn't. They had a lot more faith than me. They just let them have it. There's no rebuttal or nothing. They could have omitted it, but at least like a back and forth, nothing. And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, again, that's the entrance, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, they said. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. They're shouting. They're excited. But some of the Pharisees, someone say haters. haters. I'm sure the Pharisees were great people. But in the text, they were some haters. They were among the crowd and they said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. Haters. He replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. And now look, there's a lot that we can unpack here. Uh, we could go back to the fact that the owners of that colt didn't 
have anything to say about the disciples taking it. I just find that shocking. Uh, I would have said a lot. Uh, we could go to the uh, disciples laying off their cloaks or the followers laying off their cloaks. We can talk about the praise and the shouting. But before we get to any of that, what I want us to do is I want us to focus on the response of the disciples and the followers. In a nutshell, kind of like an umbrella overarching what their mindset was going into this moment. And so we see their response was quite immediate. It was to praise God. And so today, what I want to do is I want to give you guys a message entitled, I will praise you. I will praise you. Look to your neighbor and say, I will praise you. But not you, but God. Not you, but God. Some of y'all fell for that. Some of you didn't. And look, what I want to do is I want to leave you guys with three areas or what I would like to say three phases of praise. If you look at the text, uh, you, you can kind of see it unfold for you, but I'll, I'll break it down for you guys uh, just a little bit here. What we want to do is we want to look back at verses uh, 36 and 37. All right, 36 and 37. It says this, as he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. It was almost like they saw Jesus and they started shouting. They saw him, they shouted. They saw him, they praised. They're like, here he is. Yes! Woo! Did it ring? I was hoping it would ring a little bit. That's how loud they were. They were celebrating like they had seen the earth crack open and heaven spouted out because that's to them, that's what the Messiah was. It was the answer to everything they had been looking for. But I want us to backtrack a little bit. It's kind of safe to say uh, that their lives were not perfect before Jesus arrived, right? It's, it's safe to say that uh, they didn't have everything all together, uh, that their home life wasn't perfect, that they didn't, uh, there's a po huge possibility that they didn't love their job or that their bank account, well, at that time, they didn't have a bank account, but bear with me here. Their bank account wasn't necessarily in the black. It was probably a little in the red. They didn't have a plethora of food sitting on their table and they definitely didn't have AC. Their lives weren't perfect. They weren't put together, but their response though, man, it was immediate. They saw Jesus and they began to praise. They started cheering. And it's safe to say, and you guys can probably agree with me here, when we go through problems, uh, our first response is definitely not praise. In fact, a lot of times our response is to complain or to sulk or to woo is me. I know for a fact you're not experiencing a problem and you're saying, God, thank you, Lord, for your stretching me. God, thank you for no money because you're teaching me how to steward a little so I can steward a lot. You ain't doing that. You're not even doing the petty praise. You're not, God, thank you, Lord, for making my life harder. I love you. You're not even doing that. We're complaining. Man, why does this have to happen to me? Why, why, can't, why couldn't this happen at a different situation? Why, 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 is, why am I experiencing this now? Just why, why, why? Complain, complain, complain. Sulk, sulk, sulk. But what I love about the disciples and the followers were their first response was to praise. And so the first point I want to leave you here with, the first phase, is through my problems, I will praise you. Good. Through my problems, I will praise you. And look, we've all been there. Problems, 
right? Some of you are, are experiencing some now, whether it's a relative issue, some family health problems, maybe some personal health problems. Uh, maybe your bank account is a little too in the red for your liking. Maybe you don't love your job, or maybe you love your job, but your boss is just terrible. Please, Lord, give me a different one, right? And what's funny is as I'm walking through these problems, they may not directly connect to you, but you're thinking of yours. In your mind, you're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I did just have a flat tire on my way to church this Sunday. Or, man, yeah, I do have that hefty bill I have to pay. We, we all have problems. But one of the things that kind of struck me was when I was listening to uh, the message last Sunday. Let's give it up to our Gaithersburg location, Pastor Chow Tran. Spoke an amazing message last Sunday. But he was talking about creative faith and how he had to get creative in a problem that he was facing. And God placed this story on my heart. And I think you'll see some of the similarities, which is why I'm thinking about it. I want to take you guys back to October 15, 2016. This was the day before the launch of our church uh, some six, seven years ago. So I want to paint the picture for you guys. All right, here we go. Twas the night before highlight. <laughs> Come on, that's good. Thank you all for laughing. Took a, uh, took a while to write that one. Uh, Twas the night before highlight and all through the house. I'm just kidding. Uh, we went over to U-Haul and I'll be honest with you. We had a soft launch the Sunday before. We set everything up. If you've been with us for a while now, you know this space was not here six, seven years ago. In fact, uh, everything was portable, set up and tear down. And if you've been with us long enough, you wouldn't even know our road case days. Road case are these big, built, like blocky, heavy cases that if they rolled over you, they would kill you. They were terrible, but they were a blessing. Because before the cases, we had boxes and crates, and everything had to be brought in by hand. If you get close enough to our speakers, you may see a scuff or two on them, because the only thing we really left in protection were the TVs, because those were extremely important. Everything else was kind of like, we'll figure it out as we go. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of grit, a lot of grind. And uh, so I was there uh, earlier that day to pick up the truck and to make sure that we could gain access to our storage unit. If you're good at storytelling, you can kind of guess probably where this story is going to go. So we come back later that evening, and we were all in uh, Pastor Joshua's SUV. It was uh, Chow, myself, Lance was with us, and my father-in-law. We were excited uh, to load this U-Haul truck and launch our church. We had about maybe 200, 250 people coming, family coming from outside of town. We were just expectant that God was going to move. And so we get there. And you get this little access card. It's like a credit card, and you swipe it. And when you swipe it, it has this really nice prompt. It's quite lovely. Uh, it says, welcome, Chris. Thanks for stopping by. I'm like, you're welcome. Thank you for giving me access to my stuff, what I pay you for, right? And so we go back. It's 7 o'clock. We got the keys to the truck. We're ready to go. We back it up. And I walk up with my handy card. I've done this 100 times now. I swipe it, and it says, card not accepted. I'm like, yes, it is. I was just here. What are you talking about? So I swipe it again, like the second time is going to change. Card not accepted. And if you wait long enough, the prompt changes, and it says, access not granted. I'm like, <laughs> this is funny. Panic a little bit, just a little bit. Not a lot, just a little. I'm like, okay, maybe the system's wrong. Let me swipe again. You know how we do that. We keep trying the same thing and nothing's going to change. We swipe again. And guess what it said this time? Not welcome, Chris. It said access not granted. I'm like, great. So now I'm panicking. So I look over and I see on the little pin pad there, there's a number that says, if there's any trouble, please call name of the district manager and their phone number. I said, well, wow, they must experience this a lot. They know what to do. Fantastic. I call the number. Rings. 
all the way to voicemail. Like, great, maybe they didn't get my call. Let me try it again. So I call, rings to voicemail. I said, okay, maybe they're not near their phone. Let me try sending a text and calling again. This time it rings straight to voicemail. I'm like, now you saw my call and you turned your phone off. That's terrible. You can see the polarity to last Sunday's when uh, Chow was going through this. His wife wasn't answering the phone. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me try something different. I know the manager. Let me call them. So I call rings to voicemail. Fantastic. Let me try again. Maybe she didn't get my call. Rings to voicemail. I'm panicking a lot at this point. I'm, I'm like, this ain't going to work. So I call again. Ring once, voicemail. She turned her phone off too. I'm like, they just don't want to help me. And so we start calling corporate. Now, how many of us know here corporate has all the answers, right? <laughs> Call corporate. Hi, yes, what's your problem? I can't get into my unit. Oh, fantastic. Uh, we have a solution for you. Great, what is it? Come back tomorrow. <sighs> what time do you guys open? Now, we were launching at 10 a.m. takes about two hours to set up, okay? They said, we open at 9 a.m. and you can access your unit then. I said, no, 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 that's not going to work. See, it takes 30 minutes to load the truck, 30 minutes to unload the truck, two hours to set it up, and we'd start at 10. If we do that at 9, that's impossible. It's not going to happen. That's not going to work. Well, sir, we don't have another answer for you. Hang up. Call corporate again. Maybe. If I try that three times, I'll get the right number. So at this point, we were just sitting there hours on hours on hours, and pastor just looks at us and says, hey, we haven't prayed yet. Let's stop. Let's pray. And let's praise God. So we turned on some worship music and we prayed and we kept praying. We kept praying. Luckily, we had some of the girls that were back at the house. Pastor Kyra, uh, my wife, Megan, Crezia was there. And they were calling U-Haul. And uh, they got on the phone with someone. And so she calls me in and says, Chris, 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 go back up to the pin pad. He wants you to try the card again. I'm like, it's not going to work. So I tried a card. Guess what didn't work? the card. It says access not granted. I'm like, it didn't work. So now he gets on the phone with me. Okay, Chris, one second. Click, 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 click. So now your hopes are getting up, but in your mind, you're like, I've done tried this now. It ain't going to work. Try it again. So I swipe the card. Nothing. I'm like, this ain't going to work. At this point, Lance is starting to think we could just kick in the glass and we'll break in. We'll deal with the cops later. Pastor, you can go home. You won't be here when it happens. We'll make it work. We're like, no, that's not going to work. But the reason why we started thinking to that length is we got there at 7. It's now 12 o'clock. It's the day of our launch. And so he goes, Chris, try it one more time. So I walk up. I'm hesitant. I swipe the card. It says, welcome, Chris. Thanks for stopping by. I freak out. I run to the other side of the door. There's a side door that you have to go to. Swipe it. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for stopping. We bust through that door faster than I ever. We are running down the hall. Yeah! I did a round off back tuck, if you know what that is. I was excited. The guy was on the phone like, I can see y'all are excited. I'm watching the cameras. We were ecstatic. We were so thankful. But the key to this whole story is this. There's, it all draws to one thing. It wasn't until we prayed and praised that we found the breakthrough that we were hoping for. I love what David writes in Psalm uh, 34. It says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. You see, praise releases breakthrough in our life. If you're taking notes, write that down. Praise releases breakthrough in our life. It's the key to our problems. But here's the, here's the catcher to it. 
It's the magnitude of our praise determines the magnitude of our breakthrough. You see, when we started praising and praying, we didn't stop. We kept doing it and doing it until the breakthrough arrived. And so I want to encourage you, the problem that you're facing will not budge until you get into a habit of praising and praying until that breakthrough comes. You got That has to be our heart posture. It has to be our heart posture. You see, praise takes the focus off of us and our problems and it places it where it belongs, at the feet of Jesus. When we praise, it frees us. It gives access into our lives. But here's the thing. God doesn't want just access to fix your problems. He wants access because he wants to fix your heart. He wants to begin to do a work where our heart is not stuck on complaining when problems arise. But our heart is fixated on praising when problems arise. Amen. So the key is, is this. It's clear as day if we're looking at the text. When problems arise, our first step should be this. To give God our praise. To give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, here, let's go on to point number two or phase number two here. It says, in your presence, I will praise you. In your presence, I will praise you. Now, we've talked a little bit about praising God through our problems. What I want us to now do is look at a couple ways practically that we can praise God. Sounds good? All right. So what I want us to do is I want us to turn back to verses 37 through 40. You don't have to turn there. Production, don't worry about it. I got you covered. It says, when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing. There's a key. As they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the king, they shouted, who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the haters, Pharisees, I'm telling you, they must have been great people. Great at parties. Among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones would burst out into cheers. And so here's a quick list of five ways to praise. Five ways to praise. The first one is dancing. Now some of y'all got real tight because I ain't dancing in church now. It says this, Psalm 149.3, praise his name with dancing. Don't be afraid. Get a little boogie. You can shake a little bit. I've seen some, some stomp the devil, you know. Someone sent me some fun things. You could do the Bible flip or maybe the fisher of men. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to do. You know, our pastor likes to say sometimes people white knuckle, but you can, you can groove a little bit <laughs> when you white knuckle. Don't be afraid. There's some of us in here who were raised in churches that dance their behinds off. All of us are a little bit more stiff, but don't be afraid. Dance a little bit. All right. Number two, clapping. Psalm 47.1, come everyone and clap your hands. We all know the, the other dance, clap, 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 clap your hands. You can do it for the Lord. All right, it says, shout to God with joyful praise. Now, here's the key to clapping. Please clap on beat. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You, you can clap however you want. Uh, but it's hard if someone's like, and you're like, you can't even hold a beat anymore. But I'm just kidding. Clap however you want. The, the point is clapping is, is bringing God praise. It's bringing God glory. Number three, singing. Psalm 104.33, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to my last breath. Now look, you may not want to sing, but we make it very easy. We turn these speakers so loud that no one can hear you. (laughs) 
sing. It's okay if you're in tune, out of tune. It doesn't matter. We actually have like a gigantic karaoke system here. We have lyrics on the screen for you to follow. We make it very simple. Give a little sing. Give a little shout. Don't be afraid, I promise. No one's listening to you because they don't want you listening to them. (laughs) Amen. Number four here, praying. Praying. There's a reason why we were emphasizing praise and praying because they're almost one and the same. It says this in Acts 4.24. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Praising is giving God the glory. Praying is recognizing that God is glorious in your life. And so sometimes in worship, don't be afraid. Take a moment and pray. Get on your knees. Bow your head. Whatever you need to do, give God the glory through prayer. And then number five, lastly, this connects raising of hands. Raising of hands. It says here in Psalm 134:2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. We call it the auditorium, but if you're old school, sanctuary works just as well. And praise the Lord. There's power when you're lifting your hands. It's almost like a child who needs their parent. What do they do? They lift their hands. Lifting our hands does two things. The first one is it's saying, God, I need you. The second thing is it tells us, God, we need him. Right? We can't do it without him. So, Father, I need you. Raising your hands is important. It's important. And now what I want us to do is it's a practical step. Don't be afraid. I gave you five handles so you can choose between what five you want to do. But what I want us to do is live out this praise practically. And so if God has been good to you, if you feel like God is the greatest thing that ever happened to you, I want you to lift up a shout. I want you to clap. I want you to praise. Dance a little. Let the Lord know that he has done something great in your life. Online family, don't be afraid. Let the Lord know that he is great that you love him, that you are for him, that God has more in store. Don't be afraid. No one's watching you but the Lord. Amen. 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 Now, see, what I want to do is if you didn't stand, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You did something. You clapped, you praised, you shouted, you yelled. You can do it next Sunday. (laughs) Don't be afraid. You now know you can do it. And we want you to. Because here's the thing. If you don't do it, the rocks will cry out. God wants us to do it, but if we don't do it, the rocks will cry out. One of my favorite verses, it's found in Isaiah. It's going to be 55, uh, 10 through 13, if you want to turn there with me. It says this, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens, and they stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word, says God. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will what? Burst into songs. The trees of the field will what? Clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. There will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. If you don't clap your hands, if you don't shout the Lord, the earth will. His creation will. And so this leads us to the third point here. It says, praise brings God's presence, peace, and provision into our lives. 
When we are in church together, when we're gathered, when we're in our cars, when we're at work, when we just take a moment and we praise, it invites God's presence into the room. But most importantly, it brings peace and it brings his provision. What I love about that text is because of God's promises, his word being pushed out into the world, all of the earth celebrated it. And what did it do? It brought great joy, peace, and it brought provision. But most importantly, it brought his presence. And so when you're going throughout your days, make sure you're taking a moment and you're praising so God can get a piece of your day, a piece of your morning. Sounds good? All right, and then lastly here, the third point says, for your promises, I will praise you. The third third phase, for your promises, I will praise you. So as we close off this message, I really want us to go all the way back to the top and talk about what we kind of opened up with, and that's today is Palm Sunday. The significance of Palm Sunday is amazing. It started what we would call Holy Week, and uh, honestly, as the events roll on and as it gets to Good Friday, the day that Jesus was beaten and crucified, and don't be sad because on the third day he raises come Easter Sunday. But how many of us know that that sequence of events forever changes our lives? It has eternal impact. And it made me begin to think of the power of the disciples and the followers uh, and what their response to seeing Christ was because really all they needed to access all the blessing, all the promises, the peace, the joy, anything you can ask for really was one thing. They only needed one thing. We're going to break that down a little bit. Uh, for you today. And so we talked about sharing, uh, praising God in our lowest lows. When we're going through problems, we need to praise him. We find freedom. We talked about in his presence, how to practically praise him. But what I want to encourage you is this message isn't just meant to be encouraging and to give you practical handles on praise. God has so much more for you than this message. He has so much more for you than the community that you're going to experience outside and in light groups. He has so much more for you than the worship that you got to experience this morning. He has so much more, and we're going to unpack that a little bit for you today. Reading through this package, or this passage, not package, Jesus. I was thinking of uh, the disciples and his followers, and their response of Jesus was to lay off their cloak. Now, the importance of that, uh, laying off the garments, uh, is very, very huge, because back in the Hebrew culture and in the Bible days, uh, what you were wearing shows a lot of who you were, shows your value, your significance. And now, what we wear today, you know, the more money you have, the nicer clothes you have, great. But back then, it was really the case. Like, you could tell the difference between someone who was wealthy, who was doing really well, and someone who wasn't. And it was by their cloaks. What I love was when they saw Jesus, their response wasn't to remain who they were, who they built. Their response was to lay it down in front of Jesus. There's a two-part significance here. The first part is is it's giving honor to the king who's walking in. God, you're greater than me. But the second thing is it's saying, God, I don't want to be me anymore. I want to be new in you. And so they would remove their garment and they would lay it at his feet. It was almost a sign of saying, I'm done with me. I'm ready to start anew in you. And it brought me to some of my favorite verses. This is called the red text of of uh, the Bible. If you don't know what the red text means, it's the words that Jesus actually spoke that was recorded. They emphasize it sometimes in red. Um, And the reason why uh, these verses are so important was because when I'm looking at the disciples and the followers' responses, it it was almost like they knew that he was the answer. 
that he was the key to all of their problems, that he was the Messiah of the future, and that he was what they needed. So here's some, some verses that kind of illustrate that. John 11, 25 through 26, it says this, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes, there's a key, believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Will never ever die, believes. John 16, it says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, a lot of problems. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Doesn't matter what you're going through. It didn't matter what the disciples and the followers were experiencing. They knew that in him, it didn't matter because he will overcome the world. And then my favorite, Matthew 11, 28 through 29, says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul. Some translations say, take my yoke for it is light and my burdens are easy. He had something greater in store and they recognized it. And I believe we, we in here, we do too. What I really feel today, what God really pressed on my heart was that Jesus is calling you to take a deeper step with him. That he doesn't want you to go through life alone. The reason why we give him praise is because there's promises we've yet to see fulfilled in our life and in the life to come. And really all it takes is one thing, a belief. Your yes. And you have access to it all. He wants you to commit your life to him and trust that he is in control. Final, final point here is praise is a reminder of God's promise for our life. Praise is a reminder of God's promise for our life. Jesus is saying, you don't need to carry the weight alone anymore. I can carry that with you. You don't have to face these problems, these issues, go through life one step at a time by yourself. He is there with you. And Jesus is calling you today to take that extra step. And so when, when we're done, the uh, Pastor Chow will come back up and he'll lead us into a call of salvation. And that's an opportunity for you to commit your life to Jesus to say, God, I'm tired of doing it alone. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be in my life. I want to rely on you. But what I want us also to do is ask ourselves, who do we know that can benefit from experiencing something like the greatness that is Jesus? Remember, Palm Sunday leads to Easter Sunday, the resurrection. Someone needs to hear this that you know. The goal for us is that we fill these seats this Easter, that we bring as many people as we come so that others can experience the joy of the Lord. And so when you leave, you're going to see these cards. Don't be afraid. Take as many as you want. We got a large stack and invite someone to church, whether it's a coworker, a friend, a family member. Someone needs the blessing and the gift of Jesus this Easter season, and he wants to use you to make an impact in their life. Amen? Amen. So if you uh, enjoyed today's word, what God brought today, we can just give him a quick round of applause.